Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 99th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. Delighted today to be joined by former defender Jamie Record, two appearances for the Wolves between 2010 and 2014. Jamie, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I mean, yours is an interesting one, Jamie, for, for two reasons. Um... One, because I personally know you, uh, which always helps. And, and two, you actually, born in Wolverhampton, I believe, started at Wolves from the age of nine. I mean, you know, that, that club was almost your life. How was you spotted, Jamie? Because I believe it was Wallstones Wonders you used to play for. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I started at... My first team. Um, Techno Wood, that's, that's one goal. Many years ago, so when I was seven, I started that Tottenham Wood. Yeah. Um, I played a couple of games, but I wasn't allowed to uh, play because I was a year younger than everyone else. Okay. So I had to move on, and that's when um, someone told me to play for Warstones, and I've, I started there, played there for a season, and that's where I got spotted from uh, by Wolves. And uh, the person they spotted was Tony Lacey, and uh, yeah, and that's how that's uh, that's how I should start from there, really. Got you. So you was at Wolves from the age of nine. Um, I mean, the dream come true. You got signed professional in 2010. Um, I mean, what's it like to be born in Wolverhampton, be signed for Wolves as a young man, and then get given your first professional contract? I mean, that must be a huge, huge achievement and feeling, Jamie. Yeah, it was a massive achievement. But uh, when I was coming through the ranks, when I was a young kid. Uh, you don't, you kind of, you don't really uh, know what's going on. Yeah. From the 13th going up to the 16th, you don't really know what's going on. But when you get your your scholarship and your apprentice, that's when you kind of it starts hitting you there. Yeah. That's when you start seeing the first team and the first you're around the first team and little things like that. So that's when you kind of realise, thinking, you know what, this is what I want to do for a living. But um, obviously, at a younger age, I didn't have a clue about football really. I just it was just something what I enjoyed playing. I was just one of the better kids that. I was looking to be one of the better kids who was in my estate and obviously my, my uh, Sunday league team. But um, obviously when I got my, given my professional contract uh, when I was 17, you know, I, was, I realised how big it was really. And obviously being a local lad, like you said, it was, it was massive. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so you hail, which is interesting again, from Dovecote in Pendiford. And I'll tell you what, that's got a great footballing pedigree yourself. Ashley Hemmings, um, you know, players who've obviously played professional and in the league. Um so, being spotted by the Wolves, all of a sudden, you're a professional player, you're in and around the first team. It, what what was quite interesting, Jamie, the point I'll allude to, is the fact that, you know, you, you, you're 13, 14, you're still, you know, not entirely sure what's happening, where it's going. Then all of a sudden, you can see a bit of light, can't you, at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, definitely. That was That's massive. But I think, me growing up, I was, I was, probably, I was probably like a... Uh, I kept myself to myself and all I cared about was football. So yes. um, it didn't matter kind of if the kids or my friends were always older than me. I would always just want to play football. So that kind of kept me, you know, um, level-headed really. So I was constantly, every single day was just football, 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 football. And when I got to probably age 
16, uh, I got called up for England for yeah. the under-16s, and that's when I kind of realised, for you know what, I've got a chance here. Yes. And that's why it's kicked, it kicked on from there, really. But um, yeah, that's how, that's how it started. I mean, that must be immense pride. It was 2008, you won two caps for the England under-16s, then 08, 09, nine caps for the England under-17s. I mean, it must have all been happening so quickly for you. And it, like I said, I bet your family and yourself were so proud that you played for your country. Yeah, it was massive because there was there was obviously loads of uh, bumps in the road leading up to that. Because uh, when I was obviously, when I think I was age, how it worked, well, I don't know how it worked now, but how it worked when I was uh, a young lad at Wolves, it was uh, if you get given three strikes, you're out the door. Right. So I was on my strike, I was on strike number two. So, uh obviously there's uh, Tony Lacey and Bob Bennett you see so obviously if they give you the tail finger yeah. you know it's never a good sign so yeah. uh, they call you after training obviously if you're not doing well you're going for a bad patch they give you a strike so I'm on strike number two now so I'm thinking it's only a matter of time I'm going to get let go here so I've seen a few lads around me getting let go because I've had their three strikes yes going on to the 15s I didn't really have a position so I played everywhere here at this time just to play for top up top, centre mid, centre back, left wing, right wing, and nothing really stuck. I, there was there wasn't a position where I thought, you know what, I would. This is a position I'm going to play or I'm going to get in. So under 15, I wasn't really playing at all because the second year's always played, uh, guaranteed always starting. Yeah. Um. So one day I think uh, during the 16s, obviously when they they get their scholarships etc, they was moving up to play under 18s football. So that was with my chance to play. My manager played me left back, and I played there uh, a couple of times. And luckily, then I got called up for England, and that's when I kind of thought, okay, then this is a position I'm going to have to play. I need to learn this position, and be all side from there, really. Uh, I mean, Jamie, that's interesting because what I didn't know that I've always known you as a left back. You've made a professional career as being a left back. So back in the day, you was almost a utility player and can play in pretty much any position. Yeah, because my favourite position was a centre mid, so that's all I've looked at, that's all I wanted to play. But yeah. When you're playing with in school football, etc., or districts, it's you, you, you're one of the best better players, but then when you play in the academy, that's when I realised, I thought, oh, actually, I'm not good enough to play centre mid, because the, the players who were actually playing centre mid were a lot better than me, so I thought, I had to think kind of quickly, thinking, what position am I going to play, because I'm not as good as these, technically. So, um, and luckily, I found... The coach put me left back because there's no one else there, and obviously I was left footed. And like, I just I love the position. Um, I love obviously one v one, just being so aggressive and and getting up, obviously running up and down as well. And I've always been a thick kid as well when I was a young age. So yeah, playing left back, it was it was kind of it was, we was that that was the age where it was kind of transitioning where attacking fullbacks was just starting. Yes, and so that kind of helped that helped me massively really because I, I was a left winger really playing left back. Just I figured. You know, uh, it's a position where I kind of need to realise and understand, and I understood it kind of quickly, really. That's, that's brilliant. That's from there, yeah. And to be to be fair, that's a fair assumption by you to say that you know you weren't as good as the other midfielders, and you know you did have to pick a position, and 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 that's that that could be a real fork in the roads. But the fork in the roads, to be fair, uh, Jamie, come on, twenty third of August two thousand eleven. Um, you finally made your debut for Wolves. I believe you was 19. It was in the League Cup against Northampton. We'll come on to your opponents in a minute. Um, 4-0 win in the League Cup. What's it like after all that hard work playing at pretty much every age group, being at the club since nine, to being in the first team dressing room and playing for the club? 
Oh, it was unbelievable feeling. Um, I moved when I was not. I think I moved into up to the into the first because you have the reserves, you see. So how it works is after you get your, when you get your pro contract, you get you, you stay in the reserve change room. Yeah. Until when you kind of train with the first team and you get the nod uh, all clear from obviously at the time it was me McCarthy. You move into the first team dressing room. So I was one of the first to move into the first team dressing room kind of early. So um, so that kind of helped me kind of realizing you know I've got half a chance here. But going to the debut, oh, I was the best feeling ever. Um, beforehand, I was I travelled a lot with us like in the, I was involved in the squad when I was in the Premiership quite a bit. So yes, I, I remember that. Yeah. Time. Say again, sorry. I said I remember that. Yeah, I remember. I think yeah, it was sorry. Aston Villa. You was in the squad travelling. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was floating around all the time. I was just happy to be there. I didn't care if I was not on the bench. I was a young kid. Just, I was, I was amazed. Being thinking, I was at Etihad. I think I was seeing like tethers and stuff. I was thinking, oh my god. Brilliant. I play. I use him on FIFA. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> just seeing it. I didn't. I was just literally just a fan. I didn't care not being in like part of being on the battle, just, just, just happy just to be there and just, yes. be, just watching them quite the players but um, going back to obviously making my debut yeah, it, was the, it was the best thing coming I loved it I loved every minute of it and um, I'll tell you a story about that actually so we played against Northampton uh, the, the season before I went alone to Northampton that's right yeah and uh, I didn't have a good spell there so that was my first ever loan move uh, we had the manager Gary Johnson so I didn't know what first team football was, so I was just used to everyone. But you just wrapped in ball wrap, really. No one shouts at you. You win, lose, or draw. It's just you on to the next really. It's a reserve league. Yeah. And I went alone. I hated every single minute of it. It was absolute mingling. It was. You kind of realised what men's football was, but I was. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be a part of it. It was just fights in the change room after games and managers kicking off. And I was just like, yeah, I can't be it. I don't like this. Yeah. So I've got, I got sent back to Wolves. And me and Gary Johnson didn't see eye to eye. So he hated me there because I didn't want to play for him. Because I was thinking like, how he talks to players is unacceptable. So I didn't see eye to eye with him. The following season, we're drawing Northampton in the cup. I've only gone and played against him. <laughs> <laughs> and seen his face again when I saw him. <laughs> he didn't want to shake my hand. He didn't want to talk. Really? Nothing. No, no, no. And then after the game, he's, he's only going to ring Mick McCarthy to ask for me to go back on loan there. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I bet he did. Absolutely not. I said, absolutely, I can't go back there. No. Honestly, it was a, oh. it was a bad experience, but it kind of was, it was a wake up quite at the same time. I was, it was like I was, I was young minded then. I didn't understand the game of football. I didn't understand how, what it was like to, what it means to actually win a game and what it means to everyone else in the change room. You just wrapped, I was just wrapped in this football thinking, this reserve football. We know, we normally, obviously, everyone wants to win, but there's no losers. No one's getting relegated. It's just, it's just a yeah. league. It's just you don't think of nothing. But obviously, when you play men's football, it's completely different. You know what I mean? It's livelihoods. It's people's got families to feed, etc. And and people, obviously, the managers don't get the sack if they don't get obviously wins of their belt. So I didn't understand all that game. Yeah. All that what comes with football, you see. So, um, but yeah, obviously, as much as I hate the the loan experience, it kind of obviously made me uh, learn a lot from there as well. I mean, Jamie. Yeah. That, 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 is, that is so interesting because, you know, the academy, yes, it, it, it's a fantastic level, but there isn't, you know, yes, you're playing for your future, I suppose, but there's not jobs on the line. And when you get into men's football, which it is, uh, it, it's it's completely different. And you're quite right. There's, you know, people's jobs, livelihoods. And especially you've come from a big club like Wolves. You're at a club at North, like Northampton. 
and you know people have got the same stresses as the the, the, the working men out there with bells and all of a sudden yeah, you know it, it can be boiling point but we're not we're, that's the thing with an academy stuff you're not learning so no one teach you anything anything like that you see yes. so we just go into training it's a laugh it's a job obviously we work hard we do what we need to do after gym etc etc we, we do everything right but no one ever teaches you how you have to be when it's mental etc we don't know so in my head i just kept thinking okay if it didn't, didn't go well there i just go back to walls and i come on on loan you take stuff like that for granted but you never learn that but yeah. you have to kind of learn quick otherwise people just fall out of the game there's there's a lot of people who don't play football now who i played with who was incredible better talent than myself and and they stopped playing football probably age 22 23 24 and you have to learn quick otherwise you don't play that doesn't matter what level you're playing at you just won't play because it's just it's the mentality really yes but yes. yeah you see it's, it's a big change playing men's football i'll tell you that and like i said yeah as much as obviously i hate the experience like Northampton on my first loan maybe it, it taught me a lot yeah, I mean the the loan system is very important. We've seen how, how how good it works. Now that particular game against Northampton in the team: Kevin Foley, Michael Kiteley, Sylvan Ebanks, Blake, Jody Credick, Sam Vokes, Nenad Milias. I mean, are you, uh, Milias, yeah, uh, what a player he was. <laughs> I mean, uh, do you learn from do you learn from better players when you're playing with players like that, Jamie? Are you, are you you're always learning. Are you always improving? Yeah, of course you learn from them because. <laughs> It's when you play men's football and obviously when you're in a big club like, like Wolves, all you need to worry about is your job. If you do anything more, it's a bonus, you see. So you don't, there's not really, there's not much pressure. It's like as long as you stop the winger, yep. kick the ball to Kite, Kite, Lee, your job's done, really. That's yes. all you need to worry about, you know what I mean? But obviously, when you start dropping down the pecking order, obviously, a lot of things you, you expect more, you need to deliver, you need to score. It gives more ask for you. But when you go into a team like that as a young kid, there's not much to what can really go wrong in that sense because what you got to do is just give the ball to someone in the stand to me. I don't know who he was at the time out in Northampton. Milias. Yeah. Um, like, technically, it's unbelievable. I just, even if I had three players around him, I'll just give him the ball. I'm thinking, I don't know how he's going to get out of it. He's going to get out of it somehow. Where's the <laughs> problem? <laughs> and that's how he was. Because I don't know how, in my head, I'm thinking, I don't know what he's going to do here. Uh, he's going to lose it and somehow he just wiggles out. That's the difference. It's just the level. Yes. It's crazy, but going back to your question, yeah, you learn, oh, massive, like Kevin Foley, Perfect pro, but after like just these little things he does, like he wouldn't do anything amazing, but he was consistent. He would give you seven, eight out of ten every single game, and you learn just what people do in your position. I know he's a right back, but it's still similar. You know, what I mean, you pick up certain things, how he crosses the ball, how he conducts himself uh, in a round of change. You know, little things like that. He got he goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you made a good point then about Milias. Matt Maurice said a similar thing. He was a young player at Wolves, and he, he said Paul Lynch used to say to me. Look, give me the ball. I don't care how many players are around me. Just give me the ball. You know, I'll, I'll get us out of it. And I suppose it was like that with Milias. So for you, obviously, it's your debut. You're nervous. You're thinking about every touch. You're thinking about, you're anticipating the ball coming to you. But when you've got players like Milias, even if you're in trouble, you know that you can lay it off and, and it gets you out of it. Yeah, definitely. He was massive for my debut because uh, if I remember correctly, I think George uh, Edicopi was next to me. Yeah. When I looked to my right, I just thought nothing's coming down our side. No one's going to attempt. <laughs> Big to George. George. You know. <laughs> so I, in my head, I was going to the game. I'm thinking at least I know I've got somebody who can run. He's strong, and everyone's going to be fearful. So that helps massive. But like you, like you were saying, like it, it helps massive playing with better players. And, and yes. obviously, the quality of awards at the time was obviously even now it's, it's unbelievable. When I was playing, it was. 
it was unbelievable. Uh, and it, it was. was it was Mick McCarthy that gave you a debut. So, questions twofold, yeah. really. One, did you yeah. did you know about the game in time to get all your family down to watch? And two, uh, what was your relationship like with Mick McCarthy? I, I got along with Mick. Um, Mick, uh, honest person, tells you if you're playing shit, he will tell you you're playing shit. You yeah. know, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. Um, he's, that's what you want from a manager. You just want someone to be honest. And yes. And when, it, when the time is right, he would let everyone know, listen, this isn't good enough. And he lets everyone know it's not good enough. But with a manager as well, everyone has different personalities, different backgrounds, etc. And Mick would always understand. He knows everyone's different. And he understood me. Uh, has, has many people didn't understand me just well. Obviously, I grew up, etc. But he understood me from me. And that's why I had so much respect. I could always talk to him if I needed anything. Or So he was, uh, he was always good to me, Mick. And... I can't speak much higher than me. He's incredible. I mean, he so, was. so giving you your debut, when did he tell you? And did, did your your parents come to watch? Did Paddy, your brother, or now did he come to watch? Uh, yeah, um, I don't know if I, I don't think I got told. I think I, I no, yes, I did. I think I got told early in the week. Yeah. So um, I, I, I was training at the first team with the first team quite a lot. Then I've moved into the first team dressing at this point already. And obviously, I knew we got Northampton. In my head, I was thinking, oh, I want to play. But in my head, I was thinking, I'm not going to play. I think it was the Tuesday. Uh, he's done shape. Defending shape. Uh, how we're going to set up against them. And I was starting. I was thinking, wow. someone must be injured here. I said, in my head, I was thinking, someone's got to be injured here. I must just be filling in somewhere. You know what I mean? Uh, if, I remember correctly, I think Carl Henry, if, uh, yeah, Carl Henry's come up to me, he's like, oh, you're starting to be ready. So I was like, so I didn't, even though I was in a team shot, I just thought I'm covering for someone who's probably not training. Yes. Like Stephen Ward probably isn't training. I, I think George Friend could be in there at the time. I'm not too sure. I think one of them lads, I thought, they must be injured or something. Or they're probably training. So you, so you literally thought you was just covering in training for someone? Yeah, so I was thinking <laughs> I'm not playing. I just, I'm just here, just being, just, you know, just a piece. And I'm just, I'll be probably on the bench or in the understand but he was one of those I didn't really mind at the same time because I was still 19 at the time but then obviously when Carl pulled me he said are oh, you starting that's when it hit me I thought oh this was a Tuesday I was thinking oh yes. Wednesday yeah Tuesday night I couldn't sleep Wednesday was the day after Thursday ah oh, I was nervous Friday we travelled down to Northampton and that's when um yeah we, we stay away so um on Fridays obviously it's a away game you stay in a hotel you see yeah and uh, obviously the new lads who don't, who's just travelled, etc. You have to sing, and to be fair, that was that kind of put, took the pressure off me really, because I was thinking about other things, I like having laughing a joke about other people's performances while singing. But but yeah, I think Carl helped me a lot with that really, he calmed me down, and just spoke to me, and yeah, it was alright. But then Saturday come, you get out there as soon as you make your first tackle, head or pass, or whatever, you off to the races. You don't think about nothing else then. Yes. So the, the, the nerves settle almost, and then you just think, you know what, all I can do now is my best and just play my game. That's all you can do. And, and if your best isn't good enough, then it, it's not good enough. But that's all you can do, really. Um, so but I started I started work at Southampton, I remember. Um, they played uh, one of the lads who was a winger, a quick winger, and uh, Gary Johnson put him on my side. So I, thought, I knew that was going to happen when I was seeing the team. I knew it was a, it was no right wing. He plays on the left, but I knew he was going to play on my side. Yeah. And I think I've, ta- I've I've hit him. I think I've hit him early doors. He tried to run me. I think I've hit him early doors. And obviously George was like celebrated with me like, oh, what a tackle! And after oh. that, I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good now. I'm going to have a good game. And I'm 
ended up winning for now, and I played well. Oh, that, honestly, I love stories <laughs> like that, Jamie. And I believe you was nineteen, wasn't you? Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's it's just unbelievable. I love stories like that. But listen, you clearly done something right. You got given a contract extension uh, by Mick. Um, your next game actually come pretty much two years later. Kenny Jacket was now the manager. It was a League Cup yeah. tie against Morecambe, one nil defeat. Um, in yeah. the team that day, once again, good team. Kevin Doyle, Lee Griffiths, Matt Doherty, who's obviously in the Premier League now and, yeah. and played for Wolves, yeah. and, yeah. and Danny no. Bart. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a completely different team. But really, the question twofold: one, was it good to be back in the team, and did you really think you could kick on? And two, what was your relationship like with with Kenny Jacket? Um. So the season before, I was it's still in around it. So I. Was, I was going into that season as in my my mentality was I'm starting now I'm, I'm I want to be a starter. Yes. So we play against Morecambe. Didn't have the greatest game, but I mean, after that I got sent on loan. Not not long after that, you see. Yes. I think, um, I think a couple months after I think I got sent on loan because I wasn't playing. Then it, it just kind of fizzled out. I knew I wasn't going to get a new deal after that, and I was we I had no bad blood. It was just I just asked him why am I not playing? I should be playing. He was like I want to go with such and such and that's all you can do really is like you can sit around or you can go yeah. I was thinking I want to play football I'm not sitting around just to sit around I've done that I'm at the age now where I felt like I earned my stripes to play to a certain extent I've played well in pre-season so I just assumed I'm going to be if I'm not playing I'm going to have to be number two I want to be fighting for the first uh, number one spot but Ken Jackie didn't see it as that so when I you kind of you can kind of read the room when in training how the manager is with you. Yes. And I just thought yeah, it's not going to work out here. So I just I went out and loan, and that's when my I think my deal ended then, and then I moved on then after that. I mean, that's quite interesting. Um, you, you know, you say that about reading the room and, and and Kenny Jacket because a new manager comes in, obviously you're backing yourself, you fancy yourself, you know, you're still at your hometown club, you've had a taste of the first team. It, was it disappointing, really? Was it disappointing not to play either of your games at Molyneux? And how disappointing was it finally to leave the club, Jamie? Yeah, it was disappointing not playing at Molyneux because I always wanted to play at Molyneux. I yeah. played like reserve games and stuff, but it's not the same. I wanted to play, I wanted to play a senior game at Molyneux, but obviously that didn't happen. But with obviously regarding the not playing the Kenny Jackie, I just that kind that one hurt me because I felt like I'd done enough to put my put my name in the hat there, you know what I mean? I felt like I've done enough for you, I've trained well. Yes. I'm, I'm, you can see I'm training well, everyone's acknowledged that I'm training well, like the first team lads there, but when new manager come in, he, he, he's going to, how football is, he's, he's going to bring in whoever he wants to, so if he's not worked under a certain manager, new manager's going to come in and bring faces, and that's just how football is. And Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. He, he ended up bringing in Scott Goldburn at the time. Thank yes, Scott, Scott Goldburn yeah. in. Yeah, so he, as soon as he built Scott in, I thought, yeah, I'm done here, like, I'm off, I can't, I might see him here. And, that was, and that's what Gaff is going to do. Um, he didn't see me at the start. He obviously wanted to bring his own players and he brought Scott in, and that's when I kind of thought, okay, then my time's up here. And that's when I've, I've moved on. Well, I mean, it was, it was quite an unusual move because you'd had successful home spells at Northampton, Scunthorpe, Coventry, Plymouth and Swindon. Um, but then the permanent move, went, once you got released by Wolves, you went to Scotland, Ross County, and it was a good move, to be fair, Jamie. Scottish Premier League football, you're playing against the likes of Celtic and Rangers. So, I mean, how did that move come about, and what was your time like in Scotland? Well, I was, 
my long moves already in God's plan, so I right. played well. On I played well at Scum Four. Yeah. Um, under the manager was Alan Neil, uh, um, great manager. I played. I had a great spell there, but it used to come back to me being immature when it when as soon as it started getting hard, I alone alone team. I was always just thinking, you know, I don't want to be here no more. Okay. I want to. I want to go back to Wolves, and that was just a mentality. Because thinking, if it's not, if I'm not playing one game, I'm, I'm going. I don't. I don't want to play. I don't, don't want to be here. And that's, and that's, that's very me. honest of you, Jamie. What's that? Sorry. That's very, very honest of you to say that because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, it's always easy to blame other people, but you're being accountable for yourself and saying, "Well, actually, you know, I couldn't get in the team. Do you know what? I, I'll, I'll go back to Wolves, which was, I suppose, a bit of a comfort blanket almost." Definitely, it was a comfort blanket, exactly that. And, and that's what kind of killed me from when I did get locked out of Wolves. I've had a couple of long moves where I've just, just fucked a lot thinking because I've not played. I'm unhappy, I'm throwing my toys out of the pram. Yeah. Now, when it was time for me to, for a club to pick me up, it's a small world football, so all they got to do is, what they do is, if they don't recruit gem record, go to the previous club, watch gem record, like, don't touch him. As soon as it gets hard, throw the dummies out of pram. Yeah. And then that's it. You you finish now. Now you're kind of thinking, no, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get a long League One movie. League Two minimum. I had nothing. Absolutely nothing. I was thinking, I didn't know where I'm going. I didn't know what I was doing. I was thinking, I, I honestly didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, didn't find, I didn't have a club. Couldn't find a club. Then I was close with, I had a good relationship with Kev Girlwell. Yes. I phoned Kev. And I said, Kev, mate, like, I've not spoken to him in a few years, but can you do me a favour? I can't find a club, etc. Can I come in and train? He's like, yeah, of course you can. Like, I'll do anything for you. Kept me, Kev. I got along with Kev, great guy. Oh, that's, that's nice. Me, he's a good guy, mate. And he's, he's told me I can come in. So uh, I came in and uh, I was with a few of the lads. He's uh, been bummed out of the first team. So we were called it the bomb squad. So when you bummed yes. out, I'm not part of the, uh, the, uh, the setup. We call it the bomb squad. So I was training with uh, Delvan was there, I think, Roger Johnson. There's a few lads there. Just, it was a small group, but I wasn't complaining because it was that old train of my own. So I was thinking, I'm definitely going to take it. And then Ross County came up, and um, I didn't even know who Ross County was. I didn't even know who it was. I knew he was in Scotland somewhere, but I didn't know. My agent was like, uh, Ross County, weren't you? I'm like, what? who are they? It was like a team in Scotland. I'm like, yeah, but what league? Scottish Prem. I was like, okay, then. And I was like, when am I going up? He's like, you need to go tomorrow. I was like, tomorrow? I was like, okay, let me just type it and see how far it is. Seven and a half hours away. <laughs> What's going on here? What, what is going on here? No, I can't go. I can't go. So I'll speak to the family and stuff. I'm like, what, what should I do? He's like, you got no other choice. You have to go. Yeah. So I went up to Scotland. Um, and the, the deal was on the table. Uh, I had to, it was a trial. So I trained for a few days, got injured. And um, the manager at the time, Jim McIntyre, says, if you don't get back in the next few days, there's no deal on the table. So... I was played injured, so I was thinking, then I secured the deal till uh, this is probably in October. So I got a deal in November. I only got a month, and then I got a new de- uh, I got a new deal straight after in, in two weeks' time. Pulled me in office. He's like, uh, scrap that deal. I want to offer you this, and that's how I got my foot in the door at uh, Ross County in the Scottish Prem. It was I loved it. There. It was a great experience. I mean, to I be loved it. to be playing at Celtic Park and Ibrox and and. You know, Hearts, Motherwell. There's some massive clubs up there. You must have thought, you know, because that's interesting, Jamie. I didn't know you couldn't even find a club. And that's the danger. All of a sudden then you're thinking, right, I've got to get a job in the real world. And then yeah, next, yeah, yeah, course, next thing course. you know, 
you're playing in front of 50 odd thousand at Celtic. I mean, that must have been quite, um, you know, quite, quite a, a big thing for you to take in. It was massive. Just, but I just think going to Scotland, being out of my comfort zone, was the best thing happened. Just for the fact, like I seen how I had to act. I, I realised all these problems. What's happened is all because of me. It's my actions, and that, that's kind of that was like that was like the the, uh, the wake up call I needed to be yes. like, okay, then if you don't work here now, you're out the game. I, I knew that. I'm like, I'm out the game. If I don't if, if I don't play here. I'm finished because no one's going to touch me. So that's when I just got my head down, worked my tits off there non-stop. And that's when I, um, I started watching what I was eating. I dedicated myself to the gym. So I live in the gym 24-7 now. And everything changed from there. And I loved it up there. But playing that, it's like Celtic. It was incredible. It was incredible. Oh. I just kept thinking, oh, you won't be a pack at like a full stadium. I was thinking, I'm going play in Ross County. Honestly, it was ram. Oh, the fans there, was it's incredible. I mean, but yeah, it was, I loved every minute there. Yeah, it was, it was such. Yeah, it was a good time. Well, I, I loved it. I needed that. Well, Jamie, you did something right. You were there. You were there for two years. A point that I want to come back to is a point that you've made about you know at a point your attitude, um, you know maybe a bit of immaturity, and you can see that now. The point I want to come back to is the two strikes. Uh, well, the three strikes rule at Wolves. You was on two strikes. Is that for? performance is it for attitude what, what what why do you get given the strikes uh that was just because of my performance uh back when i was, when I was a young kid that was just because of uh, not performing well right. um, i never had problems with my attitude not my, all through um my career it wasn't my, it wasn't my had bad attitude it was never it's never because of that it's more me being not knowing football not knowing yes. how football works and, and like was, you said like immaturity i, I suppose it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was never, yeah. I was never someone bad in a change room. No, not not bad attitude in that sense. Yeah, just yeah. Very immature, not knowing how football works. I never understood it. Yes. And uh, I just never understood how it worked and how people acted. Or I was thinking, well, I don't understand. And in my head, I was thinking, I haven't done anything wrong. But but then, when I look back, when I was got older, I thought, oh, how did you? I didn't even know I'd done that. Like certain things, I was thinking, I can't yes. believe I've done that. But in my head, I'm like, there's nothing wrong. I haven't done anything. Yeah. It was just me being so immature and not understanding again the how football is and how you meant to be and how you meant to conduct yourself, etc. But yeah, that's just lack of maturity and you learn out on the way. And luckily, I've had like a few uh, more chances after that, um, what I deserve because I, I work non stop. Oh, uh, listen, Jamie, you can so, see that yeah. you, you know you're a mature player now, 30 years of age. Listen. It only seems like five minutes since I last saw you and you was a young kid at Wolves. It literally seems like five minutes. Now you're 30 years of age. You've had a great career, Oldham, Solihull, Wrexham. I mean, I want to talk about that time at Wrexham because um, that was only recently. You was there for, for two years, I believe. Um, and it, yeah. was, it was the time where the Hollywood film stars, actors, Rob uh, McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds took over. I mean, that must have been a really exciting time. Yeah, so I was at Wrexham the season before. So I was at Solihull. Um, I went to Solihull for a few years, uh, a few seasons. Um, yes. Done well there. Loved it there. Um, we separated. We just cut ties. Uh, new manager came in and just wages, etc. So they wanted to go there a different way. I said, okay, that's understandable. Like that's fine. So we kind of shook hands and went separate ways. Um, Wrexham came in. I knew I was going to get a, a decent club because. I've been playing well. I thought, oh, I knew someone 
Big's going to come in in that league. Yep. So Wrexham came in. It was a no-brainer. I've took the Wrexham deal. Um, massive club. So the first season I was there. Massive. It's a massive club. Oh, but it was, huge. I didn't see the fans, you see, because it's through it's cause of COVID. So I, I knew how big it was playing against them, but I, I didn't see it because obviously we had no fans because of COVID, etc. Yes. So I didn't actually see how big it was. And obviously, um, the first season they take they took over in January, but not, they haven't came over. No one knows what's happening. Everyone's contracts up in the summer, so no one was allowed to get a new deal till the following season, till like a couple of weeks before the preseason started. So everyone, no, no one knew who was going to get a new deal. No one knew what was going on. The managers got sacked. Everyone's got sacked. <laughs> I'm seeing. I'm reading. I'm reading on low uh, online. I'm seeing my phone. Of the let me go, I'm let, let me go. I'm just seeing so many people just got let go. I'm thinking, oh my god, the whole team's going. So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going because I'm yeah. thinking new people, new owners coming in, new staff's gonna come in, new managers, they're gonna get rid of everyone here. I won't be there. And I got a phone call, uh, Sean Harvey was like, um, you are Rex? I was like, yeah, not too bad. They're gonna tell me the bad news, and he's like, what's the bad news? We're gonna go after you, new deal. <laughs> All right, so I'm clock. Everyone around me was just getting let go, so I just assumed the whole team's going to go. Yeah. And uh, I got after a new deal, and um, and that's where it started, you see. And then, obviously, Rob and Ryan came down. They obviously were doing, like, uh, the documentaries, etc. and it was, it was unbelievable. Um, I got to see, obviously, the Wrexham fans up, up close and personal, and the club's massive. I can't speak highly of Wrexham. Like, it's, it's, it's such a good club. Um, I loved every minute of it. And uh, But, yeah, Ryan and Rob came down, and... Honestly, it was a great experience to meet them and obviously what they've done for the club and how they've kind of transformed it. And yeah, it's only a matter of time. Wrexham's going to be in League One, League, oh. uh, League Two, League One and Championship, mate. It's only a matter of time, honestly. But it's such a massive club and the support they get, it's incredible. It is incredible. Oh, it is. And, and I think when, when Robin Ryan took over, a lot of people were thinking it's a fly-by-night thing, it's a PR stunt, but they've stuck at it. You know, they've chucked some money in and it, it's going really well. The point... I wanted to come back to, so that's two two great moves there for you at Wrexham and Solihull, where I know you was happy at both. I know at Oldham it didn't work out quite as well. Um, and I think Oldham was a sinking ship. It's it's not a great club. It, it hasn't been managed properly for years. And when I was doing a bit of football agency work, I actually got in touch with you, Jamie, if you remember. And I'd actually yeah, yeah, yeah. almost procured a move to St Mirren, um, which was back in Scotland, although I believe at the time it was the Scottish Championship. But you... You didn't fancy going back at the time. Um, I mean, did was it? My, my point is really: is it? Yes, you'd had a great time in Scotland, but for you, is sometimes living that far away from the family difficult? Did you want to move in England? You know, is it hard living away? Because I know you've got a young family. Is it hard living away like that? Um, yeah, of course you miss you miss the family. Of course, I have two kids, eleven and five. Yes. Yeah, of course you miss the family, and you do anything for my family, but. <laughs> It's my life, and it, they know. Obviously, my eldest, my eldest one, uh, Harmony, who's eleven, she understands. Like, look, where I have to go, I have to go. It's not nothing to nothing personal. It's work. If I have to travel six hours, it's six hours. But yes. the thing where I didn't obviously really look into the Samaritan, just because obviously I played in the prep, uh, Scottish prep. Yes, I knew where my ability. I didn't want to drop down to the champs. So I was thinking that's I fair like, enough. That's fair enough. Two seasons, I yeah. know I'm better than the champ. Even though there's big teams, yes. Dundee was could have been in there, or Dundee United was in there at the time, or Ross Kai could have probably been there at the time. There would have been big clubs in that league, but yeah. I just didn't see St. Mirren at that time. I 
appealing for me to go there. Um, and it is a big golf, isn't it? People don't realise. I mean, from the Premier League to League Two, it's huge. From the Championship to League One, it's huge. And I suppose it's exactly the same in Scotland. From the Scottish Prem to the, the Scottish Championship, it is a huge divide. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you, when, cause I didn't have a clue about Scottish football. When, as soon as you go there, you, you know, I, I like to study everything up. You just, you know, club's budgets. You would know how much they can offer. You know, you, so you, you you understand what club to go to and what club not to. And obviously, at the time, I just felt like, for me personally, I just, it didn't make any sense me going to St Mirren if it was someone like, yes. uh, say, a Dundee United. It was a no-brainer. I always picked Dundee yeah. United. It's a massive club. And well, I just felt like going to St Mirren, I was thinking, I really want to go there if it was a year, year deal. Is it worth it? I'm thinking, mm, nah, I'm okay. And I think that was after the Oldham move because what happened at Oldham was I got injured uh, early on. Uh, yes. I had hip problems. Um, so it didn't work out at Oldham, just even though it's not a great club, but it was nothing like that. It was just for, through my injuries. Um, I had a hip problem. Uh, I had the two scans, but nothing showed up on my scans. Okay. But I couldn't run, you see. So I was thinking, something doesn't add up here. What's going on? Like, something's not right. Uh, the physio kept telling me, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. Like, you can play. But at least I can't run. So I'm like, look, gaff, I can't run. Something's not right. I know I've had scans, but something isn't right. You know, I know my body. Like, I live yes. in the gym. I understand something. I can't. He got to a point, I'm, I'm struggling to play with my daughter. Because I didn't have my son like that. I was struggling to play with my daughter. I can't. I was struggling to get in and out of the car. I'm thinking... Oh, it's not that bad on my side. I just want to. I want to be able to play with my kids. This isn't about football now. My, like, I physically can't move. So the gaffer was just telling me, you know, Rex, it's in your head. It's in your head. I'm like, what? I can't. I can't move. And obviously, because we were in a relegation battle at the time, the gaffer was like, look, we need leaders. We want people. We want to be out there. You're not oh. at all. So every time I did go out there, I would train for about five ten minutes. I'll come in. I was just, I can't. Something's not right. Uh, so I was out literally the whole season. I probably played a couple of games here and there, but as soon as no matter how long I rested my hip, it always come back. So then I think I probably played about five games at uh, Oldham just because I was injured the whole time. And then um, uh, after that season, I was thinking about retiring. That's when I was thinking oh, I'm gonna have to oh. uh, give it up because I was thinking I can't run, I can't move. <sighs> What's the point? Because I'm I'm in the gym every single day. I'm like I didn't know what to do. I spoke to um, one of the physios I know, Jazz. He was at Wolves, I was close with Jazz. He's at Villette now. And uh, I gave him a call. I was like, Jazz, look, you're my last option, mate. My hip's playing up. I don't know what it is. I've been out for a year, the whole season. I, if you can't fix me, I'm going to have to, you know, just figure out and go somewhere else and try and find something else what I enjoy with the football. And he sorted me out and didn't never look back again. Oh. And that's what happened at Oldham, you see. That's why I didn't have a good time at Oldham, just because the physios lower you down. No offense to physios, some physios don't know more than others. It's just easy. Oh, I can believe it. I can believe it. You know what I mean? It's not like you're back at walls where your physios top class. It's some physios just there, just go for yeah. the motions, pick up their check, and they don't really care what happens to you, really. You know what I mean? And when it's a complicated injury and they don't know, yes, they just they will just tell you, oh, it's just rest, because they don't know what's wrong with you, though, because they're not, they haven't had this injury or. They're just not that qualified to know about certain things. So I was just in that position where I didn't know what was wrong. But when I've seen Jazz, yeah, uh, he, uh, he helped me and he got me right again. And uh, that's when I went to sign for Sully Hall a couple of months after. Well, actually, Sully Hall. That's what I was going to ask. Was it Tim Flowers you played under at Sully Hall? 
Yeah, Tim. Yeah, Tim Flowers. Yeah, yeah, Tim, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great guy. Honestly, he's he's one liners uh, as a person as well. He's I would I love to play for Tim now, mate. I, I'll do anything. I'll run for a brick wall for him. He's just he's an old school manager. Yes. And he just ex ex Wolves goalkeeper as well in the eighties was Tim. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's he's he mentioned that a few times that to me. He's saying how he's got Wolves. He's a legend, isn't he? Oh, he's absolutely. Well. He's, he's such a great guy. Honestly, I would do anything for Tim. Um, I've always I've, I'll still try and keep in contact like like here and there like I'll try and speak to him or give him a drop him a text or so but um, yeah Tim he's on the oh. I've got so much love for Tim Flowers yeah and, and right now um, you actually it was quite interesting because obviously I've been keeping in touch with Jamie obviously over the years and I've been keeping in touch with him recently about the podcast and he's just said he's got to drive down or dr- yeah drive down to Yeovil um, tonight, training tomorrow. You're at Yeovil Town now. What's the experience like there, Jamie? How are you getting on? Uh, the experience is unbelievable. Yeah, I love it down there. Um, it's completely different. It's like it's, it's a different vibe to what I'm used to. It's like it's like it's a little bit like how I was in Scotland. You see, when you because I was in Scotland, I was in Inverness. You kind of away from everything. Same with Yeovil. It's like you. Because everyone, because you're so in the middle of nowhere. Yes. No one kind of really lives around there. Everyone lives down there, so it's like no one really commutes. So you got all like the team bond is really good there because the whole the whole teams. It's not like they're going home two hours away or you won't see it. You see everyone like on a daily basis outside football. So that's massive. Yes. For team bonding and, and stuff like that. So the experience at the moment, I can't. It's been it's been really good. Results based, not so good. We've been playing well. Um, there's been games where. Should be now a sight, and we just end up drawing. But um, that will come. Um, but at, at this moment, time, I think I've loved every minute there as well. It's the manager, the coaching staff, Marcus, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, Marcus Stewart. Side. Yeah, Ev- Stewart. Yeah, everyone's been great there, and I love it there, mate. I do, I do really enjoy it. Oh well, that's good news. So I, I take it the dream then is for it all to go full circle, Jamie. And Yeovil to draw Wolves in the FA Cup at Molyneux. I mean, that would be the dream oh. for you, wouldn't it? Oh, that would be a nice touch, that. That would be a nice touch. Yeah, I would enjoy that. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll, I could never say never because FA Cup, anyway, it's crazy. If we get out, what, when our first two games in FA Cup, that's yeah. when the big teams come in and you never know, really. That's where that's where you can play some big hitters, really. But oh, that would be definitely my dream to go back to him. I should play him, even though it's not for Wolves, but even against Wolves, it'd be... Uh, a special feeling, definitely. Oh, well, listen, Jamie, it, 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 it could happen, and I hope it does. Um, so, Jamie, I've just got to say thank you for your honesty today. You've been so, so honest. Um, I'm glad you, you're enjoying your career and having such a wonderful career. Like I said, I've known you for years, and starting yeah, at yeah, Warstones and now still playing in the league is, is a fantastic achievement. Um, so, thank you for your time today. Thank you for your honesty. And anytime, you, no problem. And you're welcome back on the Wolf Whistle anytime. Oh, okay then, James. I appreciate that, mate. Thank you. Cheers, mate.